so good. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised by what we're seeing. Um, For many years, we've been crying out for God to move. And even today, I want to just share briefly um, what the Lord's laid on my heart because I feel like it's tied to what he's doing in here very much. And um, we've been in a series called Follow. And for a lot of us, you know, following God is a little bit different than, in our minds, than what he expected of us, you understand. And really, he's calling us to a place to fully surrender our lives. When he walked, Jesus walked across, uh, along the shore of Galilee, he He's, he's asking guys to follow him. And they knew what it meant to up and leave a, a job, a career, a family business, um, their dreams, to up and just go to go after his will and his purposes. They, they understood that. And it was because of that understanding that they were used to change the world. And it's in an environment like this where we're, we're, we're freely saying to God, I surrender. We're freely saying to God, I, I want what you want. I, wa- I want you to have your way in my life. And it's really easy to do that when his presence is thick and powerful and when he's moving. But what they got as far as that full surrender was really... Uh, uh, an example that they saw in Jesus. And there's just been this one verse for weeks now that's just been <laughs> gnawing away at me. I, I wanted to preach this message weeks ago, but I knew I had to go ho- I had to hold off because it wouldn't have made sense weeks ago. But this thing in um, Matthew 26, it's in verse 36, it says, when Jesus, this is near the end of his life, he's approaching the Garden of Gethsemane. He went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So he's asking them to pray. I mean, he's going through a season, a moment that he needed people around him. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And these next nine words are the words that have been gnawing away at me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. If we can live a life that shouts, yet not as I will, but as you will. If our life is about his will, everything is different. You see, the disciples had this, to me, in my mind, the formula, the magic, uh, you know, the secret recipe. And they saw it emulated in the life of Jesus. 
The secret sauce was these nine words. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And, and we know the agony that Jesus went through. I mean, we knew, know the other, no man went through, has ever gone through the kind of agony uh, that Jesus went through to fulfill or satisfy his father's will like Jesus did. The Bible says that he was sweating drops of blood. And even in the midst of that moment, he expressed what he wanted, but he submitted to what the father wanted. In a couple other translations, it's, it's so powerful how these nine words are worded. The New Living Translation says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The Passion says this, yet what I want is not important. For I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. I want you to get something. There's, there's, an, there's an environment or an atmosphere of surrender in this place right now. We're, we're living under this canopy right now, sort of like uh, an umbrella, except an umbrella protects rain from hitting you. We're, we're, we're experiencing the rain of heaven right now. And, and we're, we're under, actually, we could say the cloud uh, that's pouring forth something of the spirit right now. And Jesus, in this moment, says something that I, I promise you, if we could get a hold of, it will change everything. It'll be the hardest thing that we ever do in our Christian walk. But it'll be the most fruitful, the most powerful, and yield the most of what we're going after. Yet not what I will, but as you will. It says in Hebrews... In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, something very similarly, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In essence, you've given me something to offer. In that day, they were offering uh, bulls and goats and, and various animals, but he came with something that he was going to offer his very life. You, you've, a body you've prepared for me, it says here. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Can I tell you something today that this is why we are here. This is why we are walking this earth and we... Uh, we have this this uh, this name associated with us, Christians. We have come to do His will. We are here to accomplish His will. But honestly, if we were to stand here and admit, there's many times that our will gets in the way. The great conflict of Christianity is: is it God's will or is it my will? You know. And the reality is, it's astounding how sermonized. Christians are that their their um, their lifestyle doesn't line up. Their lifestyle of submission and obedience doesn't line up with the knowledge of what God has done in their lives. We we can talk about it. Oh yeah, I, I know what God's will is for, about forgiveness. You don't have to preach to me about forgiveness. 
I know what will, God's will is about serving others and loving others and not gossiping. I mean, we're so sermonized in this nation. We know it all. But it doesn't, it doesn't, the, the knowledge doesn't line up with the lifestyle. And this is the thing. This, these nine words are the thing that causes that knowledge to line up with our lifestyle. You see, because we can hear it, but when we start to live it, that's when the friction comes. That's when the tension comes. That's when the challenges come. Because we're used to doing one thing, and we know, okay, when I hear this, it's going to change how I live my life if I want to honor God. If I, if I want to do the things that God has asked me to do, it's going to change something. In 2 John uh, verse 6, it says this, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commandments. You see, it's so it was, it's been a, such, a, such a beautiful um, morning as we cry out to God. We declare we love him. We, we, we shout to him. We cry before him. We kneel before him. And these are all, these are all very worthy responses to what he's doing. But when it comes down to it, he says, love really is walking in obedience to my commandments. And I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about listing out a list of rules of do and don'ts. To me, obedience is not about list of rules. It's, it's more about my heart condition to honor him. You know, if I was living in a, in, with a list of rules in my in my marriage, I'd be in trouble because I have a tendency to break rules. I don't know if, if you struggle with that in your life, but when I fall in love, I have a desire to please her, to bring a smile to her face, to honor her, to elevate her, to draw out the gifts in her, you know, and in my life with God, if we're looking at this as a list of rules and do's and don'ts, we're in trouble. It's about a love affair. It's about knowing him and from the bottom of our very heart desiring to please him. And this is, this is what's reflected in Jesus' words. I, uh, not my will, but your will be done. I can't stand here and say, let me give you a list of 500 rules that you got to live and then you could be a Christian. Because you know what? They tried that before and it didn't work. It didn't work. It's really about something written in our heart to know him and be known by him. But then it, then it uh, necessitates a response by us. And like I said, it's easy in an environment like this to, you know, just go all in. And I love it. And I pray that this is what we saw this morning is multiplied in, in greater measure in coming weeks. But I think. And why I started off saying this is not a surprise to me. I think God is setting us up. He's given us a taste of something. But if we want more, it's really going to come down to uh, how serious are you? You know, do you, do you want to walk in on Sunday and encounter God in this way? Or do you want it to just be a, a part of your life that you walk in every day? You, do you want it to be a part of your life because you are so in love with me? Not me, but Jesus, that, that 
It doesn't matter, you know. You could ask me to get on a plane and go somewhere. You could ask me to go talk to somebody. You could ask me to lay something down in my life. I re- I've heard so many stories of people. If they were, they've been asked to do things that made zero sense. This guy, he was, he was an ascending worship leader. And uh, he was getting trained in Bible school. And God said, I want you to lay your guitar. And he's like, oh, is this you? You know, and he was, he wrestled. But then he, he, he told me, he said, I laid that guitar on the altar. I, I walked away. And this is something he poured his life into for years and years. And it makes no, why? I mean, that's a gift. But it was more about making God number one. And will you listen to me even when it doesn't make sense in your life? And God let him pick that guitar back up and lead worship and, and all that stuff. But it was, it was a, a test or a period in his life where God was saying, I want to take you further. And you need to hear from me. You need to respond to me. It's not about what you want to do. It's about what I'm trying to do. In you. And so what we're discovering in this series is that you can believe Jesus and not follow Jesus. There's a lot of believers, but when he says, come and follow me, it's a whole different ballgame. To believe is to give mental assent to, to agree with, right? I could tell you it's going to be sunny and 60 degrees today, and you could believe what I said. You could believe me about what I said. But to follow is radically different. And he's calling us to follow him, laying it down, uh, putting him first, surrendering our lives, letting him have his way. It's a big difference. We sing this song gleefully. Actually, it's, it's an older song. But Uh, Where you go, I go. What you say, I say, God. Right? And it's easy to sing a song. It's a lot harder to live out the words that are expressed in that song. You know? It's it's a lot harder to to live that out. So I want to just share very quickly um, some things that God has just shown me. Um, When we think about, uh, there's two words I want to just share with you for a moment. The word Savior and the word Lord. The word Savior, interestingly, is found in the Bible 58 times. The word Lord is found in the Bible 7,494 times. The word Lord means master. It it means ruler. 7,000, almost 7,500 times the word Lord is. In the Bible, in this NIV Bible. If you use a different translation, it may, you know, it may be interpreted differently. But just as an example, a lot of us want this, this ticket to heaven, so he's our Savior. But we struggle with making him Lord. You know, we struggle with letting him have control. And today, I, I just, I, I feel like God is saying, today is a day where we can take that step in that direction to allow his will to be accomplished in our lives. There's really three responses that we can have in our lives. I'll share them, share them with you quickly. The first one is, I want what I want. You know, 
I want what I want. I want my will to be done. Jesus said, yet not what I will, but what you will. No, a lot of us live a life, it's like, I want what I want. You know, I'll, if, it's, if it's convenient, if it's doable for me, you know, I'll let God do his thing. But it's got to be within the realm uh, of my plans and my control. You know, only if it fits in with my plans. So there's a place that we live more in the realm of, you know how Jesus taught the disciples to pray? Thy kingdom come. We change it to my will be done. Maybe we don't pray it that way. Maybe we don't say it that way, but we live it that way. You understand? Thy kingdom come, my will be done. That's got a little ring to it, doesn't it? My will be done. You want to know something interestingly? Interesting? In Isaiah, this will blow your mind. When it's talking about Lucifer, the fallen angel, listen to what Lucifer said. It says this in Isaiah 14. How you have fallen from heaven. I don't have the scripture for this. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You've been cast down to the earth. You, you who once were laid low. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart. Now listen to this. How many times he says, I will. I will. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly. On the, up, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the cliffs, tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. You want to know something else? In the satanic Bible, in the number one belief of Satanism, or one of the number ones, or the top beliefs of Satanism is, uh, the statement, do whatever your will. Because this is the whole of the law. That's really scary. When you think about it. So when we're talking about I want what I want. Jesus had this passage in Matthew chapter 7. And he says this at the back end of his, uh, his amazing Sermon on the Mount. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I want to I bring some comfort from this passage, and that's this. To me, this is saying, this is talking about people who are never in relationship with Jesus. But their focus was on doing the works of God and not on the act that Jesus brought to reconcile a relationship with God. I, I'll share a story with you. There's this woman years ago that went with us um, on a Feed the City trip. And she watched how we were ministering and, you know, and then she began to do it herself. She, she wasn't saved. She was not in a relationship with God. And even now the fruit of her life would say that. 
but she was, she was in a sense, prophesying over people and encouraging and edifying people. This scares me to some degree because the reality is this. We're a church that's going after the more of God. We're teaching in our discipleship people to prophesy, to cast out demons, to believe God for miracles. But when a person misses this I never knew you part, it leads to tragedy. And so the focus and the emphasis on this passage is to doing God's will. Doing the will of the Father. This can be reflected in our prayer life. You know, when we go, we go before God and it's, God, I need you to do this, 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 and this, and this. But there's no real relation. It's just, you know, he's a Santa Claus in the sky. We want him to accomplish things for us, for our will, our purposes, our dreams to be accomplished. And he's saying, you know, I, I want to know you. This passage, don't let this bring condemnation to you. If you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to him, this doesn't count. But we can glean some things from it, right? We can glean some things from it related to what is our primary purpose. It's to be known by him. Amen? So uh, uh, I want what I want is, is a common takeaway. The second one is this. I want what God wants if. I want what God wants if. And, you know, the if could be anything in your life. The if could be if it works for me, if it doesn't mess up my plans, if it's not inconvenient or put me out or, uh, you know, doesn't cost me too much or if he's not asking more than I'm willing to give. I want what God wants if. And so we've moved a little bit closer to God's will, but we're not all the way there. And I, I would venture to say a lot of us uh, move between this one and the next one that I'm about to share. Um, so a, a classic example of this is the rich young ruler. This guy comes on the scene. Now, if we put it in modern day terms, this guy comes up in a limo, you know, decked out, uh, music thumping. Uh, and he comes up to Jesus, and he, the door flies open. He's escorted into the presence of Jesus. I mean, this guy is rich. He's got everything. And he asks Jesus one question. What, is it, what does it take to get eternal life? And Jesus says, yeah, well, you know the commandments, you know. Uh, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do any of those. I've honored those from the beginning. And Jesus says, you know, you're about 99% there. One thing you lack. And, you know, I, I don't think what Jesus said to him is processed enough by the church. It's amazing the open door this guy had. He said, go sell your stuff, give it to the poor, and come follow me. That's not saying in order to follow Jesus, you've got to sell all your possessions. But for him, he had an opportunity to follow. He had an opportunity to be a follower of Jesus. And the Bible says that he, he was saddened. The Bible also says that, that Jesus loved him. But the rich young ruler was saddened and left. And we hear nothing else about him. 
we had an opportunity to be a follower of Jesus, just like every one of us in this room, to transition from a believer to a follower. And it really comes down to letting God's will be fulfilled. And I want to say this. Sometimes our fear of people and the compromise that we make, compromises that we make because of people in our lives, can mess with us accomplishing our will, uh, God's will. I want you to think about that for a minute. Sometimes the pressures that come your way, young person, the pressures that come your way can mess with you walking fully surrendered to God. But it doesn't end when you're a young person. You know, sometimes we, we, we struggle with saying no, so we give in to the pressures around us, the expectations around us. And it really, it really echoes in our heart, you know, I want God's will if, well, as long as I can meet, be pleasing to so-and-so, or as long as I don't have to say no to so-and-so. And, and we, we, allow, we allow the things that we know that are right in our heart to be compromised because of the person in our life. Here's the last thought, and that's this. I want what God wants, period. I want what God wants. I want what God wants. This is where Jesus, this is where Jesus landed. Let me, let me just remind you, he changed the world and he raised up a core of disciples, an army of disciples that changed the world. This is where we need to be moving towards. We need to be stepping into. We need to be living out in our lives. Because I, I promise you that when we begin to move in this direction and we begin to say no, we learn to say no to some things. And I can't get into all the content of things that you need to say no to, but you know. Because we, we, we're prone to compromise. We're, we're prone to give in to things that in our heart of hearts we know is wrong. So I want what God wants. And it really comes down to this, this relationship this relationship of trusting God, of knowing, you know, even though I don't know exactly why you're asking me to do this, even though I don't know uh, what the outcome's going to be, I, I know it's you and I'm going to trust you. I love you that much. And I want my life to please you. I want my life to matter. I want to make a difference. And I don't want to be caught in the middle of being so frustrated with myself after I give in again. After it's my will that wins the day. And so here's what Jesus says in John 14, 21. He says, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Again, don't think when he uses the word commands about a list of rules as much as the willingness to um, allow his will to be accomplished in our lives. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. You want to demonstrate your love to God? Live for him fully. Let, let his will be accomplished in your life. It goes on to say this. It says, uh, the one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. John 15, the very next chapter, the chapter about the vine and the branches, in verse 14, he says, you are my friends 
if you do what I command. And we sing the song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend. Yes, you're a friend of God if you do what he commands. Right? We, we can't go live our way and then declare I'm God's friend. Right? He's saying your connection to me is based upon your demonstration of love for me. And your demonstration of love for me is doing what I ask you to do. In essence, I want what God wants. Even if it means it's a difficult no to my will and my ways. This is where we find Jesus in the garden. I don't know anyone who's ever sweated drops of blood. But that's how much he was fighting this my will versus your will. It says a lot about the moment that he was in. It says a lot about where he was at. And yet he was able to say, you know what? <laughs> I've come to do your will. I'm going to accomplish your will no matter what it takes. A lot of people think, well, Jesus, had, Jesus didn't have a choice. Yes, Jesus had a choice. Right? I mean, where would we be today? You know? What would, what would Christianity look like without Jesus fully submitting to the Father's will? And I'm telling you, we are in a moment of time. I'm 100% convinced of this. I'm, I'm taking two more minutes and I'm done. I promise you. I'm 100% convinced that we are in a moment of time where God, God is looking for people who will follow him. Follow him based upon his ways. Based upon what he wants. And the reality is it's not what I want. It's not what you want. It's not what anyone else wants. It's really about what does God want. And I'll say it emphatically like we were saying earlier. I surrender. You know? I, I, there's times I wrestle with God and, you know, I question God and I rebuke Satan. And, you know, uh, get behind me, Satan, because... God's asking me to do something I don't want to do. But the reality is, the reality is, it doesn't matter what I want. I am here to do his will. I'm here to do his will. And so he's calling his church to live a life that's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And there's a couple things that happen. Listen, you will find out when you begin to say no to your way and yes to his way what you were created to do. You will find it out and you'll begin to step in it. And secondly, you'll find fulfillment like you've never known before. Ordinary disciples, it said, they turned the world upside down. These guys were weak. These guys were, you know, they put their foot in their mouths. These guys doubted. They had little faith. These were unschooled, ordinary men. I'm telling you, when we begin to say yes to God and no to our way, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. And so we're in a place as a church, um, and, and again, I'm convinced of it, where God is raising up a group of people that will say, there's nine powerful 
Not, not what I want, but is your what, whatever you want. I will do it, God. I will do it, God. I will do it, God. And sometimes it's the wrestling match. Sometimes it's the struggle. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. But when we begin to surrender over and over and over again, God begins to move in powerful, transforming ways. I hope that you're in. I hope that you're in. I don't want my words to be empty words. I, I don't want to live a life that I look back and say, I, you know, I said it to God. I, 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 I had the opportunity. He gave me multiple chances, but I still let my thing rule at the end of the day. This is what he's calling us to. I'm 100% convinced of it. And I want to be honest with you. When I said that we're going to start a series on fire, I had no idea what I was getting into. I'm thinking, if I preach that message, God, everyone's going to leave the church. You see, but really, he opened our hearts to at least be in a place of saying, you know, I, I, think, I think I get what I'm being asked to do. He put us in a place where we really have to firmly make a decision. And I pray that the words that burned in my heart will burn in your heart. Yet not what I will, but as you will. Would you stand to your feet? We could have easily went on and continued worship, but I felt like surrender in worship leads to a surrendered heart that when we walk out of here, we're choosing and making choices to say, God, I want to do what you want. I want to do what you want, even if it makes zero sense to me. And in our own place today, we're, we're not going to have altar ministry time. I feel like this is a place, like Jesus said, uh, burnt offerings and sacrifices were not pleasing to you. But you've prepared me the sacrifice. You've prepared me to do your will, O oh God. And maybe some of, some of us have to wrestle a little bit with God today. So I want, I want to ask you, as you leave today after prayer, that we honor what God is doing here. I feel like God's going to do some deep work in people's lives. And we've got to do business with God. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's so hard to say your will. Sometimes it's so challenging to say, you know, it's not what I want, but it's you, what you want, God. But in the end, it's the right choice. So I invite you to respond. You could sit in your seats. You can, you can come to the altar. You can go out and get coffee in the atrium. But please, let's honor uh, this moment where I believe God just wants to do some work in people's hearts, okay? Father, bless you today. We thank you so much for coming. We thank you so much for showing up. We thank you so much for healing people. We, we thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for uh, you ministering to us by your awesome presence, God. And we want more of you, God. Lord, let this be the beginning of what you do moving forward. I thank you. I ask that you bless your people today. 
and those who do not yet know you, that today would be the day that they say, I want to know more about this Jesus. And please, if someone you came with someone, ask them, what is going on? What is this about? Who is Jesus? But Lord, move in our lives, God. Draw our hearts to you, Lord. And let us be the people that surrender every day of our lives. In Jesus' name.